never know where life is going to take you. Some people know exactly where they want to be and go for it full throttle. Others just stumble upon it organically, and then there are those who just follow their intuition. This is a podcast about reaching your personal best through resilience, motivation, and passion. This is Mark My Words. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mark My Words. And this is the show where I talk to entrepreneurs and business owners about their journeys in life and their career and everything else in between. And today, I have a guest I am super duper excited about. She came from the Midwest, moved out to Hollywood, and basically pursued something that has always been a dream of mine, which is becoming involved in the television and production industry. She was a writer on Good Luck Charlie. I hope I can mention that. Can I mention that? Sure, go ahead. Okay, she's smiling. So she is a writer. She's the author of at least two books that I know of. And she is a screenwriter, producer. She does a lot and she's done some awesome things. She is the owner of Kiyomi Entertainment. And it is Gigi Green. Welcome to Mark My Words. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule. And I love the energy. You're the first guest on this show that I can recall who's going to stand for the entire episode. So (laughs) that... There's always a first every couple episodes or so, and you have a couple of firsts, so amazing. Thank you for taking time out, and glad that traffic didn't get in either one of our ways today. So I know we had... Pardon? My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I know we had to postpone because of traffic for you, and also, I guess, an internet issue, which I've had couple episodes with those so I was happy to just postpone and uh, doing on a better day so thanks for being here yes you're welcome so we are here to talk about your unique path and you have a very unique path it's not something that a lot of people follow and pursue and not only have you found so much success, but you even have your own business now, which is really amazing. And I, like I said, I hate to keep repeating myself, and I can't wait to hear your story. So you are from the Midwest. First of all, let me just ask, as you were growing up, what kind of role did TV and just movies having your life were you dreaming about doing what you ultimately wound up doing 
I was. Um, <laughs> it's interesting when you ask me what kind of roles. Coming from the Midwest, I didn't have a lot of role models, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, but what I did um, notice as a child, um, I'm the youngest of a blended family of 10. So being the youngest, and there's a large age gap as well. So being the youngest, I used to sit in my room and write out these one act plays um, because I was sort of an only child um, because of the gap. And I would use my stuffed animals as the audience <laughs> and I was acting and writing and producing even before I actually knew what I was doing, even before I knew what those titles were, I was always doing it. Um, and then my grandmother always used to watch The Price is Right. And so I was thinking, oh, well, if you wanna do this, you gotta go to Hollywood because the announcer would always say, and coming from Hollywood, you know? And so I thought, okay, well, that's where I need to be. <laughs> um, but I didn't know any better. Um, so I was unaware of how hard it was in a good way. I just thought eventually I will get to Hollywood. So yeah, coming from the Midwest, um, I moved around a lot as a child and then um, went to college in Arizona, at Arizona State, um, did my bachelor's and then um, started there on my master's and then moved and then wanted to do law school for entertainment. And so started law school um, and then my mom passed and changed my world around. And so I had already moved to California at that time, but even before then I would take trips maybe once a year, uh, once every six months. And I just started trying to network as much as I could. And on one of the trips there, I ended up going to, and I think they still have it, um, what's called the Producers Guild um, Conference and met as many people as possible. I was probably very annoying to them at that time, um, just asking a lot of questions. But one lady who was working in production at the time, we struck up a great conversation and she asked me what I wanted to do. And I told her, um, I wanna write. And um, she said, I love that you're so bold about it. And um, she said, well, give me your number. And if something comes up, I'll keep you in mind. And being from the Midwest, I took her at her, at her word. So <laughs> I was thinking she's going to call me. I'm working it out. <laughs> I didn't realize many times in LA, it's like saying we'll do lunch, you know, but to her credit, I must say she called and she said, Hey, there's a PA gig coming up. If you want it, it's yours. What? I wanted it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I started working, um, I think a week, a week and a half later. And um, I didn't know anything about television um, except for what I had seen on TV. Um, I didn't know the different roles. I just knew I'm there. So I actually tell people, that is the best way to get started um, because you are in 
every department, you're helping out wherever you can. So I loved it. Um, many people don't want to start as a PA, but it helped me get to where I wanted to be. So that's where I got started. Um, I would recommend it to anyone. And it didn't hurt that it happened to be a Emmy nominated show. That was, you couldn't ask for a better show to start in. So that's where I came from. Well, a couple of things uh, that you said there that I'd like to touch on. So first of all, for me, it's interesting your story about what you would do when you were little because I used to do, A, I did kind of like the same thing in my own little world, but I was also a total nerd about TV listings. Like, I would always want a TV guide of some sort, where it was just some, like, really crappy paper kind of thing or an actual TV guide. And I would, like, go through and just study the listings and in my head, I would, like, fantasize about having my own, like, TV station or network and scheduling out all shows that I like to watch. And I should have known then that I was going to eventually wind up doing what I am doing today. And I, I fantasize about doing stuff like that. So that's really cool. And... Or may not be cool. I guess I thought it was cool, but <laughs> but yeah. uh, oh no, I, go ahead. I would agree. I, here's the thing. I'm one of those that believe whatever you really enjoy doing as a child, or if you are constantly thinking about something. So if you want to be um, a truck driver, and you may think it's so far away from where you're actually at. If you're constantly thinking about it, if you are um, reading books about it, if you are contacting truck drivers to learn about truck driving, you know what I mean? That may be a horrible example, but my point being, I feel like we are given um, thoughts, we are given um, things that we're attracted to for a reason. I don't, I don't think if you, um, I don't think we just have random thoughts and that that's just my opinion on it. So if you were, as a child, even thinking about uh, TV listings, that's probably somewhere connected to your purpose. I just believe that. And it feels natural that I'm working in this field, first of all. When you put it like that, it's like, you know, I, I mean, probably a lot of truth to that. Because I would sit in front of the TV. I'd be watching MTV. I was addictogram tv growing up and i would watch like whitney houston videos and just and you name somebody from the 80s i you know probably listen to them and i would just watch the videos and i'd be like is this real like this can't be real it's too cool to be real so part of my motivation to get involved in this field was to see the realness of it and meet people like for example all those cartoons that i watched growing up they would have like really hilarious like voices and you know just you know the way they would sing these songs with so much uh 
gusto and seriousness. It's like, I want to meet people who do all these weird things. And <laughs> that's part of what, like, drove me into this field. And just kind of coming off of that, one other thing that I wanted to talk about is, frankly, so I'm 42 years old. I've been working in this field for 15 years. I would drop what I'm doing right now to do what you wound up doing because that is really, really cool. Like, what a great opportunity. And it's so awesome that they actually kept their word and contacted you. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I have a question for you okay. um, about that. Yeah. So do you want me to ask it now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So here's my thing. Um, when people say, oh, I'm this age, oh, I'm that age. Um, I was talking to an actor um, about a month ago now, and he's, I believe, in his 60s. And he was asking me, is it too late for him? And I said, do you still have the desire? And he said, yes, I'm doing all these things. And I said, then it's not too late for you. So when people say, um, I'm this age and I would do this, I say, you can still do it. There's no, um, now, of course, just like in the rest of the world, in the, any other industry, there is ageism, but I believe we're in a state now in a time where there's other ways to do it other than the way I did it, but I still think the way I did it is still possible as well. So I just wanted to throw some encouragement in there is where I was going with it. Oh yeah, I totally agree with you and I'll tell you why. So when I talk about my age, I don't necessarily feel as if it's out of reach or not possible at this point in my life. I think okay. it's I think it's more than possible. I think when I was saying age and experience, it was more about just <laughs> from a financial standpoint, I think more than anything. I mean, of course, my wife is in the other room and listening, so I'm sure she would have something to say about that. We would have to talk about that, but I mean, you understand the spirit of it where as an individual, it would be like, wow, I would be totally on top of that. Like, I would love an opportunity like that. I would take that step back in order to pursue that because it's such a cool opportunity. It's not like, you know, I can walk out on the street and meet somebody who's done that. So, I mean, it's really amazing that you made it that far. Now, tell me about your experience there a little bit and just what an impact that had on you. Who? I will try not to get teary-eyed. One of the things that really stood out to me is I got to see women in charge. Um, the person who hired me or who put in the good word for me um, was female. The person who um, was the producer of the show was female. Um, one of the people who took me under their wing um, and would give me little tidbits in my ear um, was a black man 
um, a lot of the directors that I saw come in were very kind. Um, there was one that they worked with most of the time and he was cool too. They were, I just had a great experience. I can never say <laughs> enough about that. And it's interesting because I didn't know that there were so many challenges until I got away from the show. Now, now let's be very clear. You're gonna have interesting people anywhere you go. So there were some things, but I, I'm talking about my experience as a PA, as, as the learning curve, as um, um, people that gave me advice on that level, um, because you don't always get that. And starting as a PA, I, and let me be clear um, in case anybody doesn't know the, the different uh, jobs. So I started as an office PA um, and then I moved to um, showrunner's assistant. Um, so then I was on the writer's side and then um, I would fill in when the writer's assistant was out. So then I started learning those skills. And then while I was on the show, I was still doing my own projects and working on the weekends on indie films because I always just wanted to expand my knowledge. And so while I was um, working on the weekends on other people's projects um, and indie films, I was learning how to be a script supervisor and I was learning um, what the uh, location scout does and what the assistant director does. And, and so, there are, there are always things that you can do to expand your knowledge, to get more credits, regardless of where you are on one specific project, if that makes sense. Right, it does. And so why I bring all that up is because I believe one of the things that helped me move up so fast, because I think... I'm trying to make sure I get my dates right. I, I believe I was an office PA for about a half, no, one season. And then I moved up to showrunner's assistant. Um, I started adding all those other uh, skills. And then I got a freelance episode um, at the end of that season. And so when people say, how did you do it so fast? I really believe for one, timing was on my side. You can't go wrong with luck. I, I choose to say God. Um, and then I would also say though, I was putting myself in position to not only be seen, you know, but also learning other skills. So then when the conversations were brought up, I could say, oh, what do you think about this? Or I was on the set on this and this happened. And I wonder if you think, you know, um, and not just um, showing up and going home. I always tried to be the first one there, the last one to leave, um, networking with everybody from other PAs to the executive producer, you know, just making sure they knew my face, they knew my name, um, doing the best job I could. So I think there's other things that, that help do that. And I think anybody can do it um, now. 
I'm always trying to make sure I'm being very clear because um, I never want people to think, oh, she said anybody can do it, so I'm just gonna go do it. There is a, um, you have to be in, in a show where they will give you the opportunity to do that as well. I'm very clear on that. Um, I know not everyone gets the opportunity to get an episode, to move up, um, to so so I I respect that and I understand that. I'm just saying the things you can control, take advantage of that. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And sometimes it just comes down to you know the universe, everything. You know, you meet just the right person. And, you know, maybe you're networking and you don't meet the right people at first or you don't land in the right situation. But if you're feeling really passionate and you feel like you've got it in you, you, you got to at least keep trying for a while until you do find the right people and the right situation. Because I think just as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about my own career and while I think I'm an intelligent person and I'm good to get along with, not every situation has been the right situation or the right fit. And sometimes it doesn't really say a lot about you. It just says something about them or the, the chemistry. So you have to be mindful of things like that, not only just in the entertainment business, but I think just in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, um, I think the energy that you bring around you a lot of times may be what you're putting out. Now, once again, <laughs> I am very aware you could be the nicest person and still have a jerk be around you, you know, or try to believe me, I've been there. What I'm saying though is what you can control is um, how do you show up? Um, um, are you are you trying to live at your highest potential? Do they see you? If you want to be um, a director, um, are you telling them about hey, I, I just um, directed this two minute short. You should check it out or whatever. Are they always seeing you, you know what I mean, doing the things or asking about the things that you want to do? That's just trying to just stay in people's ear, trying to stay in their face, as they would say, I think helps a lot. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And again, I'm relating what you're saying to my own path. And I know there was a point where I worked for a company where I transitioned from one office to the other. I really wanted to make that new office, that new situation count. So I showed up earlier probably than anybody every single day. I made sure to do more work, have less mistakes. Like I really tried to like go all out. And the end result of that is that I wound up getting promoted. So and you're shaking your head like that's the way. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but um, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I was the first. And so 
my goal was just to do a good enough job to where they would hire somebody else that looked like me later. <laughs> I just wanted to keep the door open, crack it. I just wanted to um, um, do the best job I could so I could, I could make a good enough impression that they would say, okay, um, let's hire another one like her. <laughs> well, it certainly sounds like not only did you pave the way for Others, you paved the way for yourself. So just having the distinction, and we talked about it before we started, did my research, found that you were the first and I think the only uh, Black woman to be a script writer for that show, correct? Did I get that right? You got it right, and I... Um... To be clear, I'm I'm always see that's the law background kicking in, and I didn't finish law school. I left when my um when my mom passed. But this is <laughs> this is the thing I always want to make sure I'm clear. Um, the show was canceled fourth season. I'm trying to remember um, fourth season. Um, we thought we were getting a fifth season, um, and so they may have um, hired more or or given more scripts to um, other writers of color, um, but we didn't get another season. So that's how I ended up being the only, and I'm saying that because I'm keeping hope alive. <laughs> I'm keeping hope alive that um, more women, especially black women, um, writers in color, writers of color in general, um, get more opportunities. But yes, they were very, like I said, I can't say enough. Um, I still keep in contact with some of them now. Um, they were just very kind. Um, they would see me sitting at my desk on downtimes, um, working on my own scripts. Um, they would read my scripts for me and give me notes. Um, they knew it was what I wanted to do. So when the opportunity came, um, they gave it to me and I'm, I will always be grateful. Um, like they say, the little green envelopes, I still get the residual checks. <laughs> I'm, I will always be grateful. With that said, <laughs> I'm very aware of how difficult it is because I've went on um, many interviews after that. Um, I'm now pitching my own shows, um, none of them haven't been sold yet. So I'm going to shoot my own um, pilot. Um, it's difficult. It's still difficult. Uh, I feel like there can never be enough writers of color or women or black women or black men or Asian, um, Latino, Latinx, um, um, Native American. Um, disabled, LGBT, I could go on and on and on about, there just needs to be more inclusive um, writers, but inclusiveness in general. I would love to see that. I'm pushing for that. Um, and yeah, I'll end it there because I, I could go on and on about that. But in my first experience as someone coming from the Midwest who didn't know anybody, who didn't know a thing my first experience um, 
on that show and and the way it all came together and, and my trajectory, I'm always going to be grateful for that experience. Well, first of all, I think your attitude about your legacy on that show is like extremely noble and uh, very down to earth. And I really appreciate that perspective. And I also just even though I haven't been in your shoes as far as that part of the business, even on my end, it's very difficult to land a job in this field and you know something that's actually kind of high profile or even halfway high profile it's not easy it's very difficult business to be in so yeah i i myself have been very grateful for every opportunity i've gotten and i know for me coming from the background that i've come from where you know, I came from an area where not a lot of people usually leave to do anything remotely close to what I'm doing. And then to be born with cleft palate and lip and some of these obstacles that I have is totally mind-blowing that I've not only come this far with that part of my life, but just to be doing something like this is like, holy cow, like... You know, I've come a long way and I totally agree with you. And I, I love how far you took like the inclusiveness of how it needs to be because there's so many voices out there that need to be heard. And I know with my path being what it is, I've, I've toyed with the idea. I know I've written some stuff and I've done some stuff on my own part. But that desire to tell my own story and, you know, not you don't hear a lot of stories like mine out there. So that kind of like drives me as well. And we need that. I think the more people hear and can see that, okay, such and such type of person exists and it becomes normal, I think that's where we become, you know, maybe not perfect world, maybe a little more harmonious. I don't want to be too idealistic, but, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe a little more understanding. Maybe yes. that's what I'm trying, where I'm trying to go with that. Absolutely. And, and we all have a story, just what you said, um, dealing with what you've had to endure and you become a podcaster who speaks all the time. I mean, that is a story, you know, we all have um, something where we've had adversity and hopefully we use it to push us forward, you know? Yeah. And having this podcast for me is kind of like, even though I want to meet entrepreneurs, I want to meet great people like you, that part of it, the ability to kind of like relate and tell my own story a little bit, this is kind of like, hate to say ground zero for it, but it's almost kind of like the ground zero of uh, me building that up. I don't really know where all this is going or how it's going to grow or whatever, but just giving myself that opportunity is 
fulfilling a dream I've had for like 20, 25 years. So um, not to talk about all of my hopes and dreams here. This is about your life. So I want to get a little bit back on track. So the show ended and what happened after that? Like how, what was your next move? Ooh, well, thank you for asking that because <laughs> this is the other thing that, um, of course, it's known in the industry, but I think this will give um, some great perspective to people as well. So the show ended, um, and I'm, I'm thinking of when I got my next gig. So the show ended, and I believe I went to an indie film next. I went to an indie film. Yes, I went to an indie film next. I was associate producer on that. And then I went to um, another indie film and I was doing uh, co-producing. Co-producing? I believe co-producing. And um, after that, I think it was two years of nothing crickets and <laughs> I thought no I'm good you know I just I just was working on a Emmy nominated show you know so I'm gonna get another gig um no I didn't get another gig I was not working for two years I was working but I wasn't working in the industry and what I ended up doing is what um, so many people either question if they should do or go ahead and do. I went back to what I was doing before. So I went back to the law. I um, took a job as a paralegal and I was still writing at night. Um, and that's how I was bringing in money um, during the two years that I didn't have a gig. And I was, embarrassed um and this is the funny thing not embarrassed because i wasn't working in the industry i was embarrassed at, at how naive i was about the industry because i thought like i said oh yeah you do this this and this i'm i'm on this trajectory um of course i'll get it's no problem and when i didn't i was like wow i should be smarter than that i i should have known better you know um and so once again, I'm grateful that I, I had skills to fall back on, but then I had to be careful about that falling back that, well, I can always just go back to this because what happens is you never kind of go back to doing what you want to do. So I worked as a paralegal again for two years. And then I said, I got to get back. I got to get back in. So I started and you talked about ground zero. That's how I felt in just that small time frame. I felt like I didn't know anybody anymore. I didn't know what anyone was doing. Um, so I started from ground zero. I started um, joining Facebook groups. I started, um, I think I had maybe three or four people still in my uh, contact list that I could call and say, hey, this is what's going on. Do you know anything? Um, you know anybody looking, um, this is what I'm trying to do next. Um, 
And a couple of them helped get me on a couple of sets. And that's when I started doing more script supervision. And um, I started doing my own projects. And then that's when I started writing, producing, and directing. And I started, I was using the same skills that got me there before. So expanding my skills, uh, um, networking with people, getting out there again, going to mixers, um, reading more books. Um, I had, I think, two mentors at the time. I have three now, but I had two at that time. And one of them wasn't on a show at the time. So they had more time to give me advice and talk, talk me through some uh, challenging times. And then when they got on a show, um, I was back to, I got to figure it out on my, on my own. They just didn't have the time to basically bottle feed me anymore. I had to figure it out. And so, yeah, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> and then um, once I started doing my own projects, that gave me more confidence to just keep staying in the game and just keep pitching. And then I got my first meeting and then um that got me a little more confidence. And then the next meeting came and I kept thinking, okay, one of these meetings are actually gonna come through, but, <laughs> but it helped me know I must, I must have something that they're interested in that I'm even getting the meeting. Cause at this time and even now, I didn't have a manager. I didn't have a agent. Um, I don't even know how to work in that space where I have reps doing, um, work for me or helping me. And I, I understand even when you are represented, you still have to get out there and hustle on your own. But my experience is, I'm just sharing my experience. I don't, I don't know how that works. All I know is grind, hustle, you know what I mean? Keep moving forward. Um, if they close the front door, what's the back door? If the back door is closed, where's the window? You know what I mean? Is there a crevice under the house? That's all I know. And so um, yeah, it was, it was a difficult two years. I had to do some um, evaluation and analysis of how I feel about that. What does that mean to be, um, I'm saying I'm a writer, but I'm not working anywhere. You know what I mean? I'm saying I'm a writer, but I haven't sold a movie. I'm saying I'm a writer. You know, all those things that we do, and we could have 20 scripts sitting on our desk that we've wrote, they're copyrighted, they're ready to go. But there's something about if we are not um, physically on a set or, or selling or pitching, we feel like the title, we no longer get to have the title. And that's simply not true. So it was hard, but it I needed that. I needed those two years. So this is like the real deal. This is so when I'm thinking, because I think pretty deep about some of this stuff, and when I'm thinking about people like you who have been on a show and have had success and what they do, especially when they have some of those lulls in their career, it's like, okay, do they just have those gaps in their career because they're just living off the royalties and kicking up their feet <laughs> on the beach. And, you know, they're still working, they're doing whatever, but they know people, it's all going to just happen. Or 
is it what you just said, which is, you know, a real grind and you gotta keep working and kind of sounds to me like the idealistic part of that. We can just kick that right out of the room. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Especially when you're a lower level. <laughs> but to me, um, I would still have to work even if I was, um, even if I wasn't someone that wanted to be a writer or wanted to be in the industry, I would still have to find a way to pay those bills, you know? So, and it helps, I'm married and, and that, that helps of course, but I'm also independent minded and I wanna make sure that I'm bringing something to the table as well, you know? So yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but I'm, I'm very grateful for that mentality. I'm, I'm always, um happy that I I'm not one to sit um to sit around and and say oh something's gonna come I'm more let me be proactive let me let me go out there and get it you know so you were working really hard and trying to hustle and get yourself back on the map a little bit when did it occur to you that you should start your own production company. Hmm, that is a great question. Um, I would say maybe about three years ago, I had a conversation with a very good friend of mine. And I think we were talking about, it wasn't the Oscar, I think we were talking about the Golden Globes. Um, and I was saying, man, you know, if I could ever do this, blah, 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 I would love to wear this. Or if I could ever do, I would love to. And she said to me, you mean when you get there? And I thought about it. And cause I had never said when, I kept saying if or someday or, and she said, I need you to change the way you think about it. And she said, you keep going after all these um, other people's shows. Like you keep saying, okay, well, if I can get on another show, then this. And she said, you're already talented. You already know what you need to do. Why don't you start your own company and start pitching your scripts? And I was like, okay. And I, like I said, I had always written. So I had, I had scripts, but this is the funny thing. I was writing scripts, but in my mind, I was still writing the script to show somebody else that I could write to get on their show and not writing the script to pitch it. With that, um, I was reading a story and once again, I'm already getting teary eyed. Okay, so I can get through this. Tears <laughs> <laughs> are okay on this show. <laughs> Thank you. I saw a interview Tyler Perry did and he was talking about where um, he was doing his plays and I think, I don't even remember the number, maybe three people showed up or something. He didn't make his money back. He went in debt um, and he was homeless. He was um, living in his uh, Metro at the time, I think. And it reminded me and so many people don't know this. I had a um, white Metro. I think his was a Geo and mine was a Chevy Metro. I think they had changed. 
<laughs> I think they had changed um, from Geo and putting Metro under Chevrolet at that time. But anyway, there was a time where I also lived in my car and I hadn't told, I think maybe, well, many people know it now, but I think maybe three people in my lifetime knew that, um, where I just wanted it so bad. I wanted it so bad. And it wasn't that I wanted to be famous. I wanted my dream. And I just kept thinking about, well, the guy on the prices lot on the prices right, the announcer says, if you get to Hollywood, you're gonna come down. And so I just kept thinking, I don't really care if it's um working as a PA or working as a I just knew if I could get there, if I could get there, my chance will come, you know? So there was a time in my life where I slept in my car and um, watching that interview, um, oh, I do not want to cry. Watching that interview just reminded me of no matter who believes in me, if I just hang in, and believe in myself and move forward, it's gotta come, it's gotta come, it has to. Um, and so I took the advice of my friend and um, I went down and to um, uh, the state office and uh, got my little DBA and I thought I was doing something. Then I was like, I got my DBA and then, um, <laughs> when it came to taxes, um, <laughs> my accountant was like, you need to um, start making some money now. We need to start <laughs> moving you forward. We need to get the LLC. We need to do all this stuff. So I digress. But the point is, it was a combination of me watching the interview with Tyler Perry, and it was having supportive people around me that was saying, you can do this, you can move forward. You don't always have to be looking to get on somebody else's train. You can start your own train. And why don't you start your own company and not even worry about the outcome? Don't live in the outcome if it fails, if I don't get this, but just saying, you know what? I wanna represent Gigi. I wanna move forward. I am a writer. Let's see what happens. And so that was when I just went for it. Wow, incredible story. And I can relate to what you're saying because about five years ago, I was offered a buyout package from a company I was with for 10 years. I took the package and I went from being a manager in my department, had my own staff and it was really cool projects it was great to just contracting and i'm still working in my field and still am but just contracting around town so it was a little bit different but instead of having somebody to have this conversation with i kind of had the conversation with myself and i realized i was like you know i've been spending the past several years working towards somebody else's dream and working to climb the corporate ladder. How about all those things that I dreamed about when 
I was like 5, 10, 15, 20 years old thinking about writing my own show or speaking or just writing in general. And the light bulb went off. Like, look, there's all this technology, all these great tools are out there now. I should just go for it. So that was really the start of me on the path to where I am today, which is doing this podcast. And I started a blog, which I didn't keep up with because there's just not enough hours in the day. But I, you know, it's been a progression. It's been a progression, not only just of my life, but just of like my confidence and believing in myself and believing that, hey, much to your point, I want to represent Mark Schmidt. And that I had like a very similar conversation with myself. And that's how I wound up where I am now, where it's like, I am going to be a more scratch guy. I am a podcaster. Yes. I would say I'm going to be caught myself. I am a podcaster. And at least when I have time to do it, I am a writer. So yeah. I that's the one thing. It's like, oh, there's just not enough hours in the day. But meeting people like you, it's like, oh, it makes me want to write. But uh, yeah, I, I can totally relate to what you're saying and how you have to just have that fork in the road and that turning point and just say, hey, it's great to work for other people and work towards those dreams. And it's really cool to be on a set and to do this, that, and the other thing. But what about what you want to do? What what makes you want to get up out of bed in the morning? And it, it just sounds to me like you, like the same light bulb went off. Oh yeah, and that is so inspiring. Um, you inspire me as well. Um, I'm just grateful, so I'm I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> so you started up your own production company. What were some of the challenges? What were some of the the victories that you've had? How, how's the experience been overall? Challenging. Um, <laughs> just keep it 100 challenging um, and I'll take the butt out of this out of the sentence and exciting and um, beautiful because I whether I win or lose it's me and that you can't take that experience away from me you know you can't take that um you can't take that light of there's times where what I'm doing, I can see where other people are learning and they're growing and then they go off and do their own um, projects and they'll say, oh yeah, I learned this on, on Gigi set or, or and that my heart just glows when I see that. Now, um, when you work for yourself, funding is always an issue. I'm getting more funding now but once again, it took me three years to start learning. How do I actually apply for a grant? How do I raise my prices on certain things? You know what I mean? Like you got to figure all that out. Um, I wasn't a big um, person that was good with budgeting and not that I'm, I, um, 
overspend or gamble or anything like that. I'm talking about, but having someone to do QuickBooks, QuickBooks for you. So then when you do take everything to your accountant, um, you're good to go. You know, like <laughs> it's just little things that when you're an entrepreneur, you don't always know. You don't know to um, that you pay taxes of four times a year. You know what I mean? Like little things that you could probably think, of course they know that. No, you have to learn that. You know, you have to um, learn how to do business. I had to learn marketing. That was a challenge. I'm People don't believe me, but I'm a introvert. Um, and so putting myself out there, even doing podcasts, it's, it's still new to me. So all the things you have to learn and deal with um, when you're working for yourself, when you work for somebody else, they have a whole department. They have people that do that, you know, so you never have to worry about it. You just know you get your check every week. You know what I mean? Like you're not you're not aware of all the all the things that are going on behind behind the scenes. You are, but you're not, you know. Um, I remember the accountant that was on the um, show, very cool guy, but I don't know what he did to make sure everybody got paid on time and and what was missing and, and him taking out um, social security tax. I don't know any of that. You know, I just know he gives us our check. So, um, yeah, you have to learn all that when you're an entrepreneur and it's a, a learning curve, definitely. So is this something that you learned by maybe taking some classes or did you read? How did you learn? I mean, I'm sure some of it you just learned by doing it, but did you learn any other way? Absolutely. Um, so a few things I used. Um, definitely, I always start with YouTube University. I love YouTube. Um, but then also I went to a place and I think they have it in every state called SCORE. Um, and you sign up with a mentor and they can walk you through whatever you're dealing with. So if you're trying to learn about marketing in your company, you can get someone that maybe that's what they were in their past life, because I believe it's um, retired businessmen. Um, and they can give you advice. Um, I worked a lot with the Small Business Association um, and learned from them, learned a lot from them. Um, I got coaches, um, trying to think, I read a lot. Um, some of it, like you said, learning from doing it the wrong way, taught me how to do it the right way. Um, yeah, many places though. Well, we're starting to come up on an hour here. I feel like I could talk to you for another hour. So I, yeah, yeah I, I am going to jump to the question of what are you doing right now? What, what's coming up for you? Mm, so many things. Um, very busy 2021, but I'm super excited about it. Um, <laughs> so one of the projects um, I can't talk too much about, but I am on the second season of a um, show. Um, and so when they're ready to start moving that train and, and, and doing all that publicity, 
but um, it's a small writer's room and I'm very, very excited. I, I mean, I can't stop smiling about it. I'm very, very excited to be a part of that. Um, and then my own project, I, as I mentioned earlier, I am working on my first podcast. It is a audio drama and I'm so excited about that. Um, the protagonist is a black police officer and how much more timely could that be? Yeah. Um, and so it, I'm just excited. Um, and then I have my first book for pre-order. I have two books, but the book that um, is for your audience, um, I have my first book on pre-order, How to Get Your First Job in TV, where I give tips um, about things that people can do to make it easier, but also talking more about my experience, some of the things I would have done differently. Um, and then, um, yeah, just still pitching. I have a meeting coming up um, next Friday. So fingers crossed something will come out of that. So still grinding, still out there and uh, still enjoying the process. Wow. Well, that that's really cool, especially the podcast, the audio drama. I never even thought of a podcast being an audio drama. So that's really neat. I can't wait to hear what you do with that. And really, I this, this was an amazing hour. I can't believe how fast this went. But I, I yeah, I feel like we could talk for another hour. So <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know, obviously, you got a lot going on, and I really appreciate your time today. And I wish you nothing but continued success. I think what you're doing is amazing and inspiring, and this is one of the many reasons I do this show, because not only does it get me fired up, and inspired and motivated. I hope it makes people out there feel the same way. And this episode definitely resonated with me and felt good to see, you know, just how much in common we have right down to how we kind of like saw that fork in the road in our lives. So amazing stuff. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, everybody. This was Gigi Green of Kiyomi Entertainment. She is the owner, screenwriter, producer, etc., and she's got her finger up. What did I miss? You didn't miss anything. I just want to make sure because I know that there are other Gigi Greens out in the world. So I am actually Gigi M. Green, Gigi M. Green. So whether they're looking for me on... Um, Facebook or or Twitter or or um, Instagram, which is GGM Green um, TV. My Twitter is GGM Green um, or TikTok is GGM Green. Um, I just want to make sure I throw in the M so they know where to find me. And of course, they can always go to Amazon and get the book How to Get Your First Job in TV. And of course, it's under GGM Green. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you stopped me. I was thinking in my head, I'm like, I got asked her where people can find her. So you did it for me. Fantastic.
So, again, Gigi M. Green, thank yeah. you very much of Kiyomi Entertainment. I wish you nothing but success. You deserve every bit of it. And thank you so much for being on Mark My Words. I am Mark Schmidt, and I will be back soon with a new episode and a great guest. So I will see you then. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>